Recording. Hello and welcome to the pep talk with your two favorite bald frauds, Sam and Jason, looking at all things Manchester City, including the title race, Everton, Real Madrid, and everything else in between. Jason, I know it's been a couple weeks. How you been? Yeah, good, man. Yourself? Welcome back, I should say. Um, uh, you came back from your little trip from from United Kingdom. Um, I'm sure a lot of people seen it on Twitter. You're talking about the food. Uh, and, and, and it turns out you're not a jinx. Um, so you're allowed to go to more future Eddie Head games. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm glad I can go back. <laughs> you're allowed to. You're allowed to. The, the Mancunians will let you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, trip was good. It was my first time, not my first time in the UK. I was maybe 10 years old when I went to London once, but um, first time really going to the UK as an adult, go, first time going to a city game, and I was like a little fangirl. I mean, like, I wanted to see everything, things like the little kids do. Like, I want to see them walk off the bus. I wanted to do the whole stadium tour. I uh, yeah yeah it was it was so cool. Um, it's it's actually a fantastic experience. Stuff. It's a fantastic experience. I I did it in, in October. Um, I watched them against Brighton actually. Gotta love the Brighton up the Seagulls. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, yeah, I, I actually went there in October. Um, yes, yeah, it's a fantastic experience. You know, and to go to go overseas, you know, from Australia to to the UK, it's about a twenty four hour flight. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just like you know, tick it off on the checkbox. You know what I mean? You have to do it. You have to do it. But no, I'll definitely be back again, and I'm sure you will want to be back again. It's just a fantastic experience. Yeah, one thing I definitely want to do is um, Cincinnati Airport starts flying direct to London in a month or two. That's going to be much better because layovers suck, and that makes it almost an entire day's trip just because of layovers and because like it's just so much easier to fly to London than it is to Manchester then you got to get over to Houston station and take the train up so yeah yeah it was it was a lot a lot of travel but it was worth it in the end it was really cool got to see um got to see us play Leeds that was a weird game in general had really good seats so that was fun sitting right up close um and then we were back in London watching the first leg of Real Madrid, and I watched it with the London Supporters Club, and that was really cool too. They had a good turnout, and that was that was a fun time. Shout overall? out London! <laughs> overall good trip. Yeah, overall good trip. Like mainly the reasons I like to travel are for like cool experiences and good food, really. And it was all uh, of those things, really. <laughs> we all seen your, we all seen the food discussion all over Twitter, mate. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on their bacon, by the way. I will say, like, the best part about food in England is the food that's not from England. Yeah. You know, the fish and chips were good. I will say that. But, like, the best food was, like, the Indian food and the Italian food and that kind of stuff. Loved it. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Awesome, awesome to see. Um, let's just jump. Let's just jump straight into it, man. Um, so let's the last, it. the last time we spoke, I believe we were 
it was post. Well, what game was it post? Was I think it was I think it was, it was post West Ham. Yeah, it was post West Ham, and then you had we had the Leeds game coming up, and you were flying away before the Leeds game. So, um, we've missed a couple so, of games in between there. We've missed the we missed the we like to, to, to podcast wise. Um, we missed the Leeds, West Ham Real game Madrid, and, and Leeds, Everton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now we're we're going to talk about Everton and obviously the title race. But a few things have changed since then, right? So we went into the Bernabeu. We won. We drew one all, um, which I think is a good result. Um, and I'm I'm sure most City fans will agree. You know, we've got a massive game coming up against them now. Um, and you know, we did what we needed to do against Leeds. It was a home game. It was the game before Real Madrid. Um, we rotated heavily. Got the job done, moved on, got the three points, you know. I think what's what's really, really, really impressive about City right now is we're just getting the job done. Like, no fussing about, you know, and we'll talk about the Everton game in a bit, but we're just we're just a rolling machine. It's what, what is it, 11 games on the bounce now in the Premier League, you know. We've been waiting for this win streak. We've been saying, like, oh, City can always put a run together. But prior to this win streak, we, ha- we hadn't put more than three games together where we won three games in a row in the Premier League. So to put this long streak unbeaten is something else, man. It's something else. Um, and now look, you know, I, you know, I think we should look at a title race and has Arsenal bottled it? That's, that's one of the, the big questions that's going around right now. Has Arsenal bottled the title or is City that just that good where you just can't compete? I'll throw that out there for you. <laughs> so I'm starting to come around on Arsenal bottled it. Honestly, at first I thought, no, like city's just too good, essentially. Um, but I'm starting to come around on it because I heard earlier that at one point, Arsenal were 13 points ahead with the same amount of games. I don't know if that's true or not. I heard that somewhere. I don't think that's but true. That, I, think, I, I think that might, might have been with us having two games in hand. Okay. Um, then, like, <clears throat> that's the other thing, too, is I I just think City's better than Arsenal, to be quite honest with you. Like, I, we've seen a lot of either whatever you want to call them, reasons or excuses as to why City has overtaken Arsenal. Um, a lot of it, they say, is depth, which is bullshit. Um, City don't have really much depth. And then they also say, like, quality of depth. Like, basically, anybody, like, the people we do bring off the bench, there's not really a drop-off, which is true. Like, if we're going to bring somebody off the bench, like, you know, Phil Foden this year or Riyad Mahrez or whoever yeah. it may be, there's not really a drop-off. Um but I just think Arsenal is just not good enough, quite honestly. Like I think they're they're getting better every year, but even half of their starting lineup wouldn't play for City. Like two of their starters, two of their best players weren't good enough at City, and that's why they were shipped out. So I, I just true. think they're I just think they're not <clears throat> good enough, and that's them reverting back to their mean, and they just played out of their minds for the first part of the season. Yeah, you could say they overachieved in, in the beginning of the season. And, and talking of the of the depth thing, um, I was actually having a discussion about this on on an online forum uh, on Reddit, and I was saying people get depth confused a lot with talented 
So we've got a talented, but we've got a thin squad. Um, and what we do really, really well is we've got players that can play multiple positions. Right? And you've got Alvarez dropping into a KDB role, but he's meant to be the backup striker. And then you've got players like, um, you know, uh, Akanji who's played at the, <laughs> over the entire back line. You've got John Stones jumping into midfield from center back. We have players that can play multiple roles and then we've got a thin squad. So you kind of like, you know, going into the Everton game, right, I thought we'd rotate heavily. But what does rotate heavily mean? You know, you still have to play at least five, six senior players because that's really that's really all we got. You know what I mean? So you're not – when you do wholesale changes, you don't have a whole starting 11 that you can put on, on, on the field. You know what I mean? Um, and that's not that's not including Phillips because Phillips is never going to get game time. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, look, look, going back to Arsenal, I'd say they did bottle it. So at game week twenty nine, right? So game week twenty nine, they had an eight point. They were eight points clear. They were on seventy four points, I think. All right, so seventy four points at game week twenty nine, eight points clear of City. All right, we had one game in hand on them, and obviously we still had to play them. But they've only got nine points out of 21 in the in the last six games or seven games, wherever it is. Seven games. So in seven games, they've only picked up nine points. That's terrible. That is terrible form. I looked at the form table. They're 14th. That is the definition of bottling a title race, right? You, If your form up for 30 games of the season is... This is my points per game, and I. This is the level that I'm at for 30 games of the season, right? So it was match 20, match week 29. So basically, three quarters of the season, and then to come towards the end and only pick up nine points out of 21. That's the definition of bottling. It doesn't matter that you lost the city. If you just picked up your points elsewhere, then you win the league. It doesn't. And they, I think that what they did is they put pressure on themselves. They started looking at City when we were eight points behind them and picking up form. They don't need to look at us when when you when you're eight points clear, and I think it's something that will come with experience with that team. Um, they are a young team. I don't believe in you know like people saying their legs are gone or stuff like that or um, they're that's, tired. That's bullshit. That's, they play once a week. Yeah, exactly. They play once a week, so that's rubbish, right? But they are a young team, and young teams get affected um, by mentality, right? So you're their legs go in a different way. They go mentally, not not physically, right? So they're not physically tired. They're just mentally tired. So in the games where it's like you're feeling the pressure, you get tired more b- b- because your your body's at an elevated position. It's, just, it's completely different, right? When you're in that last five, six games of the season, it's a completely different play style. You're not playing. You're not. It's not October where like there's no pressure and, <clears throat> and the other team doesn't have an end goal in mind. You know what I mean? Like when you go to... It's like us playing Leeds, right? If we played Leeds at home in October, we'd probably slap them 7-0. But because they're in a relegation battle and they're fighting for their lives, they're trying to get a draw. They're trying to, they're trying to get any points on the board. It's a completely different mentality when you come to the end of the season for both sets of teams because you're actually playing for something and you know there's like a you're right there at the finish line. So it's like, you know, it's like going for a marathon run and then you're you'll you've got the last, you know, kilometer left and it's like I need to get there. Um and it's just the, it's just about the mentality. So that's why I think they went. But you, you can't say they didn't bottle it. Like, like I said, nine points out of twenty-one is terrible form. Thirteenth on the form table. You know, Bournemouth have better form than them in the in the last seven games. 
You know what I mean? Like it's you can't you can't say you can't say they didn't bottle it. Yeah, that's such a small sample size, and like I think personally, it's it's kind of like what you said. They're just they're not experienced enough to like they've never been in a title race before. They they've been going after top four like, and they haven't yeah. even gotten that. And now they're going for a title race. These guys are really young. They really don't, and I've been saying this for months now, like, they basically play the same starting 11 every week, and that's going to hurt them. And that's not a thing of like, oh, well, it's because City's so good or anything like that. Like, when was the last time you saw any team win a title with 11 players and that's it? That doesn't happen. Like, you have to have some depth. And some quality depth at that. I mean, that's just how that goes. So, to me, I just see Arsenal as like, I I see them, they're just not ready for this title race yet. Like, they don't have that mentality. Mikel Arteta is trying to instill that mentality in them, but it's not there yet. Whereas City, like, a lot of these guys have beaten Liverpool by one point twice in title races that required over 90 points like that that type of experience you just can't measure and it's kind of like real madrid in the champions league it's like you know they're gonna be there you know they're gonna get their themselves right and for arsenal it's just that they're just not ready they're just not there yet but do i see it as like a choke job or anything like that i personally don't i just think and I just think it's them reverting back to the mean. Like, granted, Jaka is not a world class central midfielder. So for him to play out of his mind for the this is just him being him again, and the results are going to scatter. That's kind of the other thing is like how you play is different than the than the results because you could play really really well and get a shit result, but you still played really well. And City didn't play well, and then they started playing well, and now you see the results keep getting better, even like the Nottingham Forest game. City played really well, even though it was a draw. I think Arsenal, you're, you're starting to, you started to see teams start to figure out what works against them, and they, they just didn't know how to handle it. It's like they don't have a plan B. And then some of their players just kind of, reverted back to what they were rather than like keeping their high level and turning into a different player. And I think that's a lot. And like, they finally saw that Gabriel Jesus isn't a good goal scorer. <laughs> it took him long could, enough. Could have told you that last year. <laughs> but, um, just on that. So I think what hurts them as well. So like, even when we won it in 17, 18, you know, Pep's, Pep's first title, we still had high experience in that team. We still had winners. I think we still had Yaya Toure in the team. We still had Vincent Company. We still had David Silva. You know, we still had Aguero. Play- Aguero. We still had players that won it. And so when you get to the end of the title race or when, when you're still pushing on, you know, we had players that knew how to behave or, or react in those scenarios. I don't think Arsenal. I think Arsenal basically. Got to game week 30. They seen they were eight points clear. And 
I think I honestly think them getting knocked out of Europe and the FA Cup and all the other all the other competitions hurt them because they suddenly went from playing every three days to once a week games and everything became about that one game, right? And then you know you don't you have a full week's break, which like I said helps on the physical side, but on a mentally on the mental side it starts hurting them. You start you start feeling that pressure week. As the week builds up, you know what I mean? It's like you see City win two games. They play, <laughs> we had so many games in hand. You you know, we play midweek and we go beat Bayern and then it's like, okay, what the hell's happening? City's picking up form. And then you've got a whole week to think about that game. It's like, oh, we have to win because City are actually like picking up form. And I think they, I think they allowed the outside noise to affect them too much. And look, I think they'll learn from it. You know, I think, you know, last year they bottled top four. Um, from a very strong position. Um, they lost to Newcastle, I think like, 2-0, I think, or 3-0. Um, and that kind of hurt their chances for top four. Um, but similar thing here, right? So they've improved from last season, but then they bottled the league. I, I still think they bottled the league because to... to, And it's not just about the them not picking up points or anything like that. It's the games like West Ham where you're up 2-0 and then you give up a, give up, give up a draw where you, where you go down 3-1 to Southampton at, at home, I think. Like... You can't you can't be doing that against Southampton who are, who <laughs> they've just got relegated right so it's, it's you, you got to win those games you have to win those games um, especially in a title race you know if think of, if they if they picked up those four points prior to going to the city game whole mentality is different for both teams right they'll go into the game thinking they can get a draw they don't you know it's it's like oh we're still in the title race it, it puts pressure on City. Even them losing to Brighton on the weekend, right? They're playing at home. They win that game. They, the pressure's back on us, right? Although I still think we would have got through. The pressure on those last three games against Chelsea, Brentford, and Brighton, Brighton away and Brentford away, they're huge games. You know, that's that's tough, tough games for City. But they're not putting the pressure on us anymore, right? So, And I think that's where I feel like they kind of bottled it. It's, it's, it's a different thing if they pushed us all the way and we won the league by one point. Or, you know, we go into the last game week and it's like, oh, we need to win this game to actually win the title, right? I'll give you an example. A lot of people said Liverpool in 18-19 bottled the title. I don't believe Liverpool bottled the title in 18-19. They got 97 points and they took us literally to the last game, right? That's not a bottle. That's just City being immense and winning 14 games straight. It's completely different. But they took us to the last game. We had to win against Brighton away in 1819 to win the title. Arsenal are not doing that. We can win the title now against Chelsea at home with three games to go. I, I never thought we'd, we'd win the title at home to Chelsea. I, I thought, no, we're going to go at least into the last two games, maybe the last game, and we have to win the title away. But for them to let us win the title now <clears throat> in our own hands against Chelsea is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Here's a question for you. I guess this is a little segue. Do you think City should just go for the jugular against Chelsea and knock that out? 100%. Because they're going to probably, like, my guess is this Real Madrid game is just going to be draining. Like, I don't see uh, it's going to be very draining. So, should we just go for it, knock it out, and then we have... Essentially, a couple weeks to chill before a potential Champions League final and FA Cup final. 
I, I think what will happen is if we, I think regardless of what happens against Madrid, right, injuries um, um, not included, um, but regardless of what happens against Madrid, we go into that Chelsea game knowing that we win that game, we win the league, it's at home, um, they'll go for the juggler. Yeah, and lift, lift the trophy in front of your lift fans. The tra- yeah, it's so much better. And Pep will play his best 11 that is fit and ready to play that game. He'll play Rodri. He'll play Kevin De Bruyne. He'll play Haaland. He'll play literally all his best players in that game, literally going for the title. He might he might put in Foden or Mares, um instead of Bernardo, for example, just to give him options off the bench. Um, but he'll go for a full set starting 11, right? And then if we win that game, he can go against Brighton. I think he'll put a completely new 11 in. Um, Rico Lewis, Sergio Gomez, he just won't care. And I'm happy to let Brighton win if we've won the title at, against Chelsea because then Brighton have a chance of making um, Europe and it's like a thank you for beating Arsenal um, at the Emirates. Thank you very much. Um, and then he'll he'll play some of his players against Brentford just to keep him um, in rhythm before the FA Cup because you don't, you don't want to go... You don't want, to go, you don't want, yeah, you don't want him to be cold. You don't want players having two weeks off between the FA Cup final and 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 the, the Chelsea game. That's too much time. I think in a, in a in a period where you're playing every three days to have two weeks off, it's like going to an, on an international break almost. You, you don't you don't want to break that rhythm. But you will say like Rodri might play like sixty minutes against Brentford. You know what I mean? He definitely won't play against Brighton if we if we beat Chelsea. But he'll he'll play like sixty minutes against Brentford. You have Haaland play like half a game. You have um, Ricky Lewis probably will play the entire game. Laporte will play the entire game. Things like that, right? Obviously, de- depending on injuries, but you don't want to go into that um, into that FA Cup final um, with uh, you know completely cold. Like I think Ortega will start against Brighton, for example, and I think Edison will start against Brentford, right? And then that way Ortega will still be in form and bit of rhythm to go into the FA Cup final because he'll play that game. But then Edison also will have a bit of rhythm from Brentford to the Champions League final. Because you don't want to you don't want to go three weeks or four weeks not playing <laughs> before the Champions League final if we make the Champions League final. But that's all things that are going to be considered. I think it it all depends, right? If we beat Madrid, then obviously things change, right? It's gonna it's gonna make a big difference on how we look ahead. Um but yeah look this this is the time <laughs> to, to live for, right? Like we are. I, it's crazy that season's ending in two weeks. I was looking at the schedule. And I'm like, like because I've been so like deep into like every game, one game at a time. I kind of didn't see the season ending. I was just like, what? We're at the end of the season. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. It's been crazy season. Crazy season. I'm definitely taking two, three weeks away from football once this season's finished. I'm I'm at the end of my of my mental capacity. <laughs> yeah, the season's been so draining because of the World Cup. It feels like the beginning of the season was 10 years ago. Oh, literally. And yeah, yeah. You look back in October and I like I was in Brighton in October watching the City play. That felt like two seasons ago right now. Oh, is that when Holland like trucked over their defender for that yep. open goal? Yep, yep, yep. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that literally felt two years ago now. It feels so long ago. Yeah, it really does. Really does. That was like a whole 30 goals ago for Holland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But look, where we are, we are where we are. Um, and it's fantastic. It's like that was probably one of the better weekends of football, I'd say. You know, we won our game 3-0 and then to see they, Arsenal they lost 3-0. 3-0. 
Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy. Well, and by the way, what did I tell you about Brighton? I told you they are you, look, I'll, good. I'll, get, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll, I, I thought Arsenal will absolutely tonk Brighton because they're playing at home. But I'll give it to you. I'll give you credit. You said to me, Arsenal are still going to drop more points. And I said, no, they're not. They're going to win all their games. I'll give you credit. You said it. I believe you. You were right. <laughs> well, that and like maybe a month ago, I told you, watch out for Brighton. That team is legitimately. I, I honestly think they're probably the second or third best team in the league right now. Like under Deserby, they are. are they they're better than United. They're better than Newcastle. And just the way they play, you're like. Fuck, honestly, man, they're incredible. Honestly, we should be playing them in the FA Cup final. They're that good. They're, I think yeah. United. I think United got away with it. I think the moment got too big for Brighton. You know, I'm in the semi final, playing the first time at Wembley. Um, Brighton is a legitimately really good team. Like they, yeah. they like not only did they beat Arsenal, like they outplayed Arsenal. Uh, they basically they, they, the entire game. They outplayed them, man, big time. That second half was. I think they had 60% possession to Arsenal's 40. Like, that is Deserby does, does not mess around. I honestly, especially if if City go and beat Chelsea and the title's wrapped up and we go play a bunch of kids or, you know, we play a heavily rotated lineup against <laughs> they'll them. They'll slap us. They'll, slap they'll us. probably beat us. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all. If we go in, like, playing Calvin Phillips or something, they'll smack us. They <laughs> are not. a legitimately good team. But you know what? I won't care if they slap us, honestly. Like, it will still be on our title celebrations. You know, the players will still be a bit drunk. Like, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give them the game. I Honestly, I feel bad. I feel like they should have been in the Champions League spots. They That game against Tottenham where they got absolutely robbed by the referees, um, that's three points they should have picked up. And then and then <clears throat> it's unfortunate what happened to them against um, Everton, but they got tongued by Everton. Like five wonders. But oh yeah, games. I was watching the game at a pub, and I was I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It's crazy. It was Absolutely just Everton crazy. just just smacking them on the counter, and you know what was crazy is <laughs> that's there's probably two teams Graham Potter's kept from top four this year. It's <laughs> Brighton and Chelsea because <laughs> if Deserby was their coach from the beginning of the season, that's a top four team. Yeah, I like agree. he is. He is a fucking he honestly if if City Go announced that Deserby is the successor to Pep whenever Pep decides to leave, you will not hear a complaint from me. I think he's an incredible coach. Yeah, look, I think I think whoever comes after Pep's always going to struggle no matter what. I, yeah, that's I, that's an impossible task for anyone. It's literally impossible to follow like, Pep. Yeah, it's gonna be impossible for anyone, man. Like that, that I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that day because I know we're never gonna be this good again. You're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get these near hundred point seasons. You're not gonna go on fifteen game winning streaks like we do now. Like it's, yeah, yeah. So, so all I can say is to City fans is enjoy these moments because believe me, they're not gonna last forever, right? You know, everyone, everyone thinks their team's gonna be on top forever. It, football is cyclical. Um, don't believe the media hype when they say, you know, City's going to dominate and turning the, the, the Premier League into the Bundesliga. That's rubbish. The, the Premier League has always been in cyclical um, cycles, right? You know, you look at United's dominance for 20 years, Liverpool's dominance for 20 years. Maybe it's our turn to have 20 years of dominance, but once Pep leaves, that's going to change. We're, we're not going to be as dominant. No no chance in hell. 
So enjoy these moments because it's like you don't know when we when it's gonna stop. Agreed, absolutely. Well, let's let's look at Everton a little bit because that was the game that was just played. <laughs> um, let's jump into the lineup. Were you surprised by anything? I mean, I, I know it was somewhat rotated. Were you surprised it wasn't rotated more? Yeah, I, I kind of was surprised a little bit. Um, so I think he started eight of our regular starters or seven, depending Like if you think Mahrez is a regular starter. Um, but yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised he went that strong with Madrid coming up uh, midweek. I thought he would have rotated a couple more plays. Um, but, you know, once I seen the lineup, like I went into the game nervous. I thought, you know, <clears throat> Everton away, it's a tough place. We always we always have a tough game there, but we always win. So it's a bit strange. Um, so I went in there a little bit nervous. I thought, you know, we probably, we'll probably end up having a draw here maybe, like a one or, you know, nil or draw. Um, and after the first half an hour, I'm like, maybe maybe we are going to have a draw. Um, but yeah, so from a lineup perspective, I was happy because I'm just like, okay, we're gonna go, for, we're gonna go for the win. And and I feel like he rested the players that would need a rest. Um, so I think KDB, Stones, um, Grealish, and who else got a rest? That's KDB, it, right? Stones, Grealish, Bernardo, Bernardo, yeah, Bernardo. So th- th- we had four players yeah. that are gonna play heavy minutes against Madrid. And who are going to be relied on. And we know Stones, you know, it's probably better that Stones doesn't play three games a week um, with his injury, injury history. I, I prefer him. I prefer the way Pep's managing him now um, where he does get the rest. The only other one... And we, have, we have the depth in the back line too to give him a yeah, rest. Yeah, exactly. The only one I'm nervous about is Diaz because he has had a few hamstring injuries. I don't want to overplay him. Um, but look... Now, 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 now the game's coming up against Madrid. You know, I'm I'm happy with the result. We got the three points. We got the three goals early, which meant the second half became like a bit easier in terms of just moving the ball around, killing the game, not expending as much energy. Um, so yeah, I can't I can't complain about um, the lineup to be honest. Yeah, the one thing that I was interested in seeing was how we were going to build up because there isn't really much build up. Like they weren't going to press us. So there, there's really not much point in focusing on the buildup, but I was wondering how it was going to work because all of the guys that we normally stick next to Rodri didn't play like for, for the teams that press more, we'll build up with six guys and drop like Gundogan from midfield. But I knew we weren't going to do that because they're not going to press us enough to where we would need six to build up. And like Akanji, Laporte, Diaz, Walker, none of them can play next to, um, none of them can play next to Rodri. So I was wondering how that was going to happen. He started playing, started the game playing Akanji next to minutes in to did that role. You know, he wasn't exceptional, but he wasn't bad. He like, he did the job and, the entire backline, I thought, did the job. This was a game where you knew what you were going to get. You know, it's like when Pep said on the documentary, like going to play Burnley is like going to the dentist. That's that's <laughs> essentially what this is because it's Sean Dyche. Like they're going to be compact. You have to just keep switching, look for spots in behind, and attack that way. And that's 
how we had to do it. I mean, that's how we, that's how the chances were created is you gotta, the way to attack that is to, to attack those deep blocks is to get in behind from the, from the wide areas and really get people moving around. Cause you're not going to be able to play through the midfield, which is why Holland had what, like three touches or something like that. So his, his third touch was the header goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you knew that's what was going to happen coming in. That's why Foden was kind of good on the left as he could kind of get in behind and stretch the defense that way. Um, and then Mares on the switch. Mares is so good on the switch with his first touches and taking his man one-on-one. So um, I think it was more of a matter of when than if, just because those teams are so stubborn, you just have to find a way to break them down. And luckily, City did. So, you know, the first Gundogan goal was fucking incredible, wasn't it? Oh, man. And and like exactly like you said, so the way Everton played, we needed a moment of brilliance um, to break the deadlock. And <laughs> Gundogan, Pyro Race Silky in- <laughs> Gundogan, um, Mr. Whippy, steps up again. Like, what a goal. <laughs> the control and the... F- like... <laughs> <laughs> for him to uh, the audacity for him to do that it's like <laughs> man he's such a good player <laughs> and the instant reactions on Twitter <laughs> as soon as that goal got scored sign him up give him a new contract every single City fan was just like give him a new contract because he he's such a fantastic player still like it's crazy like we haven't we haven't talked about Gordon enough on this podcast I think he I think Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne have always stolen the spotlight. And Gundogan <clears throat> is a little bit of a underrated player in a way. But he's so fucking good, man. What a player. Like, he's just class. You know, even even the game against Leeds, when we didn't talk about the Leeds game, we didn't play Rodri that game. And he absolutely bossed that midfield. He had like 180 passes just playing a defensive midfielder role. And he got two goals. Like, man. In the exact same way, too. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, so Gundogan is, like, it's a bit strange that we don't want to sign him to a new contract. I always thought, and this was my assumption prior to the Bellingham news about him wanting to go to Madrid, I thought we had Bellingham locked the fuck up. Like, I thought, that's it. He's boxed off. We've got Bellingham. He's coming. And that's why we're willing to let Gundogan go. Right? It's like, okay, we need to phase out the old with the new, etc. And I was fine with that. But if we're not getting Bellingham, give him a two-year contract until someone else comes up that is as good as Gundogan or as good as Bellingham, where you go, okay, let's go spend the money on. Because I think if we go into next season without Gundogan and potentially without Bernardo and we don't get the same quality back, it's going to change our team again, right? So, um, And, you know, Bellingham was always going to change our team if he came in. So... Look, man, he's uh, he's just he's just the class. He oozes class, um, and we've got a tough decision to make in the, in in the in the summer. I think it's I think he's already decided to go to Barcelona, or he's going somewhere else. I don't I don't think it's about what we're offering anymore because I'm sure they'd want to give him a new contract with the way he's playing. Like he's 32 years old, he's still got a, he's still got at least one good year, and even if he plays bad the second year or even the third year. He's still good experience to have off the off the bench. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> similar to how Fernandinho was with Rodri. I'd rather have thirty eight Fernandinho, three thirty eight year old Fernandinho than 
you know, Philips right now. So that tells you all you need to know about quality in, in the player, regardless of age. Um, but yeah, what a goal, man. What a goal. <laughs> and that's so, like, and we haven't, we haven't even spoken about his second goal yet, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't even talked about that one or his assist to Holland. Or his assist to um, Holland. So what is really good about him in this game is that he provides a really good scoring threat from midfield. Like he's he's very good at making like late runs into the box. He has really good composure in front of goal. And he's you know, he led City in goals a couple of years ago. So he has that and for this game he's not gonna get a ton of touches because the midfield's gonna be so crowded. So he needed to be that kind of runner in the box to help try to provide a goal threat along with Holland or Alvarez. And he did yep. it well. Like he, he, you know, this goal was just incredible. And then the assist to Holland, like perfect running in behind chips it right to him literally a minute after he scored. And then, um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to his second goal in a minute. But um, I think that there's gotta be, I think he would stay at City. I think he's probably leaning more towards leaving, but he would stay. Um, I just think that City kind of need to offer a little bit more, I think is essentially what it is. And uh, yeah, I because they don't. I know his wife is either pregnant or they just had a kid like they're they're settled in Manchester. So like. It, and that plays a factor into it. So I do think, like, I think that City will look to try to keep him. And I think it's very possible. We we just don't know. Like, I don't believe anything that comes out of Spain in terms of England. Really, just I don't think anybody knows. I don't even know if he knows. And so that's kind of my feeling on what's going to happen with him is maybe City do pony up a little more money. And just let Bernardo leave and just pony up some money for Gundo to stay. I don't know. Um, yeah, we've, we've got, got an interesting summer coming, definitely, for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about the second Gundogan goal. I mean, what a goal, right? <laughs> a beautiful free kick. I, I, have, I have a little different take on what I thought happened. What do you think? From the from the free kick, yeah, he like he kind of like chipped it, and it's like, but like it was like I don't know, it was such a it, when it when it, when he did it, I was like, yeah, you, you can't save that goal. So Pickford, no matter where Pickford was, he's not saving that. See, I disagree. I thought Pickford's positioning was terrible. He was so far to the other side of the goal when. Honestly, like in the in those positions, if Gundogan can get it to the opposite side of the goal and get it in that corner, fair play to him. Pickford was in the worst position possible, and if you watch that goal back, that was not in the top corner. Like it that was, it wasn't. But it had enough pace on it where it became very difficult to save. It so didn't it, have it, that much pace. He barely. It looked like he was just chipping it. Like it, it didn't, didn't look like a chip of, in it, it, but it still had pace behind it. 
<laughs> no, no. You are not going to convince me. Pickford, any <laughs> decent keeper saves that. Pickford was way out of position. That was His T-Rex like, arms, man. Don't don't be don't be mean. He was so out of position. And I know, I know if City gave up a goal like that, we would all be hammering Ederson. And rightly so. Because he was this- so out of position. Like, I mean, obviously it's still a good free kick to get it up and down and on target. Like that alone is great, but uh- that wasn't a world-class free kick. Pickford was just way out of position, and it wasn't in the top corner. Like, it was almost in the middle a, of the goal. It's a decision that keepers have to always make, right? You either go – you have to pick a side, right? And Pickford is protecting the other side more than the other side. Like, it's just – it's normal. you you got to consider if he moves too much to the other side, then Gunton can go for um, the far side, and it's harder to save because there's no, there's no wall there. Right, so the only way for him to go on the other side is to go over the wall, which is more difficult, and it's a calculated thing that keepers have to do. And, and they even spoke about it in, in the in the post match, and they said it's a fantastic free kick, but the keeper has to make a decision there of where to stand, right? And then they Pickford is a I'd say he's a small keeper than than general. Like if that was Courtois, maybe that doesn't go in. He probably gets a hand on, onto it, but I think. What was tricky was the way Gundogan actually kicked it. It looked, like you said, it looked like a, a chip, right? But it was a chip with a bit of pace to it, um, where you did not expect it because he, he didn't have a he didn't have a long run up. I'm pretty sure either. It was like it's just like a pop, and it's like straight straight into the goal. You know what I mean? It was it was a, it was a very it, it was a to me it was a very very nice finish. I can't I can't lie. I actually enjoyed it too much. It was it was a nice finish, <laughs> yeah. But he hit a pitching wedge. Like that's what that was. <laughs> and that was just that was awful positioning by Peck. He was he was all the way in the other, like he was all the way close to the other goalpost. If you watch where he is, like that's I. Why would you do? You know from that position, it's going to be Gundogan that hits it, and it's way easier for Gundogan to go near post than far post. Make him go far post. Like, make him put it in the top corner for our post. That wasn't even close to the top corner, and it was, like, comfortably in. Yeah. That's just, that was awful positioning. And also, like, Pickford in general, he's, like, he's, like, the king of making really acrobatic non-saves. <laughs> like, he just looks so, like, acrobatic. He's just, like, flailing, and every time it just doesn't go in. Like, like on the Holland goal, he's, like, flailing. And it's, like, every time he lets in a goal, it's just so, like, it looks so acrobatic. And if those any of those were ever saved, you'd be like, wow, he's a great keeper. But they're not. <laughs> it just goes in every time. And are, you, are you saying he's fooling everyone, and that's why he's, keep, he's England's number one? There's three, probably two or three keepers that should be the number one over him. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, good. Actually, an interesting thing that I want to I want to talk about is um, I don't think Everton had a bad game per se. I think no, I don't think so either. I think that was a typical city result driven game. I I was actually shocked. I looked at the um, the shot chart and the XG chart. Evan had a better XG than than City by a full so, goal. It, it was like one point eight to zero point eight. I was like, "What?" 
And then I'm like, yeah, actually, come to think about it, Holgate should have scored just before Gundogan's goal. And that would have changed the entire game. Like, Holgate basically missed an open goal, essentially. That that had a 0.7 XG, right? So that's a, that is a huge, that's like a penalty chance, right? It's, that's how high the XG is on that. So for them to miss that and then for us to go score on the other side two minutes later, that was a reverse city. That's what we usually do where we go, oh, we should have scored. And then the other team goes scores on the other side, right? That's what we used to do five years ago. Um, so for us to do that against Everton was fantastic. Um, but I, I actually think that was just a pure result, gritty win. Like we just knew what to do in that game. That's that's that, It just felt like that typical city title race game where we're getting the result no matter what you do type so I looked at a different I don't know why, like what about the different XG models makes it so different. But I saw that one from XG Philosophy's Twitter page. But then if you go look at understat.com, which is one I look at because it shows you kind of the chart and how everything happens, they have um they have Everton at 1.19 XG in City at 1.04. So almost the same. And honestly, when I I watched the game over again, I thought, where were Everton's chances to have 1.8 XG? Like, essentially, you when you look at the chances they had, the shots that they had, could they have scored two goals? Like, that would have been incredible finishing. There's And then when you look at the, the chart, this chart that, has them at 1.19 xg they have three shots and that's it and those three shots the first one is the whole gate one which they give 0.68 and then the second one i don't know which one it is but it goes from 0.68 to 0.92 so about 0.25 and then the third one goes up to 1.19 from 0.92 so another like 0.25 and that's basically it. And honestly, like I, I there's, I don't know what they were looking at to give them one point eight xg. Like I just have no idea how that was calculated. They they had that other chance. They had a few. So this is the thing that from every corner they had, they had a few good chances, right? Um, and if you look at the the shot charts, all within that six yard box, right? It's like right next to the keeper. So that's why the xg is higher. Um, yeah, but they only had three shots, like. You, no, they had more. How, they, had more. they had they had they had the one that hit the post. The, see the the top bar, uh, where it looked like the Ever, uh, um, Edison saved it, but he didn't. It was actually him putting his hand um, through the net, and he actually he actually hit the post. It didn't hit. Yeah, Edison. yeah. So that, that's that's a that's a high chance, right? So it's it's shots like that where it's like okay, the XG goes up because basically they're getting a shot on on goal. Um, you know, and it's it's Edison has to either make a save or it's going to hit the post or it's going to go out, right? So those are the ones that are accumulating the XG to, to that point. So that's why I, I, I had to think about it because I think we were just so clinical, right? Like Gunnar's goal is not a high XG goal. Um, his other goal is probably not a his first goal is not a high XG goal either because it's the positioning and the height of the ball and all that that affects the XG. Um, his his first goal was point one two XG. There you go. It's not. A, it's not a very high goal chance. The only one that we had high XG on was Haaland's goal, right? Because that was point um, five seven. Yeah, so that's a, that's a high chance, right? But see, if you, if you look at Holgate's chance, it's actually it's actually higher, right? But 
we have Haaland on, <laughs> on the end of one and we have Holgate on the other side. So that's what <laughs> changes, you know. And this is the, this is the thing with, with XG and shots and whatever. It's... It's good to look at it for a whole season. I don't think it's really the best thing to look at for an individual game um, because it's it's really like a long-term uh, measure. But yeah, that's, that's why I was a bit shocked. I was like, oh, did they really have that many chances? And yeah, they did. They played well, I think. And even the second half, um, credit to Sean Dyke, she changed it up a little bit. They, they pressed higher. They they kept the ball a bit more. But I think City were just happy to maintain their 3-0 lead. Um and it was good for us to get a clean sheet, to be honest. I, mean, I haven't seen a clean sheet in a while. <laughs> I think that's Edison's first clean sheet since... Oof, I don't even remember when the last clean sheet that he got. Crystal Palace? Uh, uh, I don't know. Crystal Palace? Yeah, I think it was 1-0 Crystal Palace. That's probably the last time Edison had a clean sheet. Oh, no, what am I talking about? West Ham. <laughs> yeah. I, one thing that I thought... Was Actually, no, sorry, sorry. West Ham, we had Ortega in goal. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't it, know. It, 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 it's it been is a the while. La- yeah, the last time in the Premier League was Crystal Palace when we won 1-0. I mean, honestly, I thought they were fairly threatening in the first half. And when I saw Neil Mope come on at halftime for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I thought, this game's over. They're not yeah, winning I agree. this now. I agree. I, agree. I, I don't think know Calvert- why I... I think maybe I think it, that's Sean Deitch kind of looking to pack it in himself a little bit. I think Calvert Lewin had a knock, and they've since Calvert Lewin's been back, they've actually been a lot, lot better. And you could see in the first half when they play the ball up to him, he fits the he, he fits the Sean Deitch play style where you have a center forward that you can direct everything to. He has good hold up play. He's good in the air. He's tip. He's, he's pretty he's quick. Kind of, He's yeah, he's quick pretty quick too. as well. So he's he's like your perfect Sean Dyche player. Um, and I think he had a knock. That's why he subbed him off. And then on top of that, you look at it and go, okay, we're 3-0 down. The chances of us coming back are near zero. And the chances of the chances of um, uh, us getting a result or anything from this game is like near zero. But the, ch- the chances of Calvert-Lewin getting another injury is probably higher than the chance of, the, of them coming back into the game. So it's a calculated decision. And I think it's yeah. a smart... It's a smart manager managerial decision because they've still got two key games, you know, in the in, in the relegation battle. So, for me, it, I think it's a smart decision from Sean Dutch. He knows that once we went up three 0 the game's done. They're not they're not getting a result. You know? Yeah. If, oh yeah. If if, if, if it's two 0 and they get a goal, you go okay, we're still in. But at three 0 you get a goal. You still. <laughs> it's always always as they say, two 0 is the most dangerous lead, and it, it is because it's, you can the momentum can swing so quickly from it. But at three 0 the game's dead. Move on to the next game. Save, save your players for the next game. And yeah, so yeah, and 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 the fact that they got a result against Brighton helped them so much. Like they once we were up three 0 it's like okay, whatever. We'll go. We'll go into the next games. City, City playing against City in a title race. It's a free hit. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, let's look forward a little bit. I think that's. I mean, it's all you can really say about. Everything game, yeah. Than, yeah. Obviously, um, Gondo Hensi, man of the match. I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you have to give it to him. You have to give it to him. He scored two goals from point two xg. Yeah, and and, and an assist. <laughs> yeah, and the assist, and the assist. So, yeah, uh, not much to say about that. Did well. Move on, on to Madrid, Real Madrid. Yeah, 
Here what, we go. So how are you feeling after the one one? After the one one, um, I think we got away with the result, to be honest. So that was a gritty one one. You know, we could have easily lost that game two one, which wouldn't have been the end of the world. You you're at the Bernabeu. But for us to come out of that game with a draw, with the way the game was going in that second half, fantastic result. I, like, from a result perspective, fantastic. From the way we played, um, made me a little bit, okay, maybe maybe this is going to be a tough game. But look, we have drawn every game in the Champions League away, even the group stage games. We have not won away. So we're not an, we're not, we're not an away team in the Champions League. We, we've won once away. Have we? Against who? Yeah, I think it was Sevilla. Oh, it was the first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first only, game. Only, yeah. It was where, where we tonked them like the 4 0. Game. Yeah, where we tonked them 4 0. By, the by the way, Manchester United, that's how you beat Sevilla. Um, but yeah. on, <laughs> on that, yeah, so we haven't, we haven't really won many games away from home. So, <laughs> you know, and I remember us talking about the Leipzig game um, and Leipzig kind of outplayed us in the second half, very similar to how Madrid outplayed us in the second half. So, do I take anything of that and take it into the second game? Probably not, um, because it's it's we've been like that away from home every time. We we're very conservative. We don't attack all out. Um, we we manage the crowd. We did the same thing against Bayern, like right. So we weren't we were happy to take the pressure on. Um, and I think Bayern will probably be the better team in the second leg. But that's that's the way you need to play um, away from home, right? You need to manage the game, and then you try to get the result at home. And that's what we're doing, right? I think this is – and like I said – Yeah, said Bayern, him, Bayern yeah. Had, was a little different, though, because we were already up 3-0. Exactly, right? Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. You, so you, you just want to protect that. Yeah, if you reverse the fixture, you know, and you had um, Etihad after, you, we probably would have went into the into the Bayern Munich game, the first game, a little bit the same, right? Um, I don't think we would have went gun-ho against um, Bayern Munich if the game was um, yeah. a draw, for example. Um so yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be an interesting game. Um, I'm, I am nervous. I am nervous because it is Real Madrid, right? If it was any other team, I'd feel so much more confident. Um, just on the fact that I think we're a better team, right? And that's the fact. But I seen how Vinicius was running at us. I seen how Rodrigo was running at us. The way the little interlink plays between Benzema and. Um, and Vinicius, and then you had Camavinga, like basically tearing Bernardo's into a, in, into two in that game. They have so much talent, right? So uh, these these yeah, are and they from, still have Modric and Cruz, who are still yeah, look great on their day. Yeah, so it, it's it's going to be a game of fine margins. That's what it's going to come down to. I don't think we'll win three nil. I don't think <clears throat> Madrid will win three nil. No one's putting big scoreline on. It's going to be a nervy close game and it's gonna be it's gonna be the fine margins whoever's better in the boxes um and look whoever wins wins it's, it's kind of one of those things it's like i'm excited for it because you win obviously you're in the champions league final but at the same time i'm like it's a big game you know just go for it you know the, we're gonna win the premier league we're gonna win we should win the fa cup um and this is one of our biggest games of the season right it's probably probably is the biggest game of the season coming up right so you just got to go for it. But the nerves are starting to kick in for me already. So for me, it's Tuesday morning right now. Um, and I've still got 48 hours from now. 
till Thursday morning. Um, and I know how I am on Wednesday night. I will feel it before I sleep. I will feel it. And I'll have a very, very um, shallow sleep, <laughs> shall I say, on Wednesday night where I'm, where I'm potentially waking up in a cold sweat with um, Rodriguez scoring two goals or something. You know what I mean? Like, it would be one of those nights. Um, so, yeah, I am nervous. What about you? How are you feeling for it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Real Madrid. I, I've said it from the beginning. Like, I don't care how much better. I do think we're a better team than them, but that doesn't really matter against Real Madrid. And honestly, I agree with you. I think we're lucky not to get a worse result at the Bernabeu. And I think Real Madrid is going to be really pissed that they didn't get a better result because normally – when we play like that and when they play like that, like it, they're up by three goals or something like that. Like when Real Madrid hits you, it's usually an avalanche. They'll score like three goals in 10 minutes or something like that. Like I think that's what they did against Liverpool, was it? Where Liverpool scored yeah. two goals and then Real Madrid just hit them like a ton of bricks. And that was at Anfield too. And I thought that's what this could be like. And it was weird because I thought said he played better in the first half. Real Madrid scored. Real Madrid played better in the second half. City scored. Um, yeah. So I think Real Madrid's going to be pissed that they didn't come with a better result from that because they know City's probably going to play better in the second leg at home. And the Etihad yeah. has just been incredible for them. So, yeah, I think yeah. I you think that was a great result from City. You can tell they were rattled when they had to keep bringing up the out of bounds or out of out of field for before KDB's goal. Which, mind you, VR would never have intervened there because they actually got possession back. So the 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 the, the play was over. So I don't know why they're complaining, but for them to still bring that up and Carlo Ancelotti absolutely lose it about it, you know the pressure's on. You can feel it. Yeah, and Ancelotti's <laughs> not that kind of coach too. Like he's not that kind of manager. That's gonna bitch and whine about everything like a certain German Liverpool manager. <laughs> Correct, right? So for for us to get out with that result, fantastic. But yeah, I'm nervous as hell for this game. I I feel like, yeah. and this this is the thing, right? I, four months ago, I would have said we're probably not winning anything. It's a transition season, etc. Um, so for us to I think we've wrapped up the title, right? So I think it's a 99% chance we've wrapped up the title, right? Yeah. Unless a, somehow the worst collapse in Premier League history happens in the next three games, um, we should win the title, right? So it's been a good season no matter what happens, right? So, but it's, it's a weird feeling because it's like, I want this Champions League. I want it now. Like, it, we're so close to it. I feel like we've got the best team for it. You want to take this chance and just take it by the scruff of the neck and just finally get it over the line and win the Champions League. And to do it against Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and then potentially one of the Milan teams. Fantastic, Ryan. It's, just, it's, it's, what, it's what you dream of, right? It's, it's, it's stuff that, that gets you excited for football every season, you know? And for us to be in this position now, I'm, I'm, I'm desperate for it, right? It's, it's, the time for, it's time of the year for it. That's why I think I'm so nervous for it. Um, but at the same time, I'm like anxiously excited. Like it's, it's Real Madrid <laughs> semi-final. You have to be excited. You know what I mean? So 
Yeah, this is City's time to slay the lion, essentially. Like, yeah. This is kind yeah. of the time. I think this. I think Real Madrid will be tougher than anyone City face in the final, whether it's Inter or AC Milan. I'm just not really worried about either of those teams, to be quite honest. And I think we'll I, be well-favored. I, I, don't jinx it, please, man. But <laughs> if we, even uh, I mean, if even we, if we don't, if we lose the final against one of the Milan teams, that would just be so disappointing to the end of the season. That I agree, that would be disappointing. But we shouldn't. Like, if we play how we, we shouldn't do play, shouldn't. then look, that's the thing. Is like City could play their best at the Etihad and still lose to Real Madrid. That's Whereas true. if City play their best against either of those Milan teams, they'll fucking batter them. I, I'm pretty confident. Now, City could play like shit and we lose the final. That's a different thing. But if City play their best, like those teams just aren't on the same level as City when City's on their game, whereas Real Madrid can be. And I think it's the same thing for Real Madrid. I think if Real Madrid makes the final, they're going to win it either way. So I agree. I don't want to talk treble talk yet. Um. I think it's too early. No, no. I think I I, I, want to... Yeah, I want to get through this Madrid game before I even consider the treble. You know what I mean? But remember, United have a shot at the quadruple. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love love a little bit of Manchester United slander. (laughs) Um, But yeah, look, I I, I actually... Yeah, I don't want to talk about the treble, but I do have a question for you. and, And this is a question that's been asked of some City fans, and I've seen so many City fans say this, and I'm like, Really? And maybe, maybe it's because I'm an international fan. I don't know. But I've seen people say they'd rather win the FA Cup final over winning the Champions League final. And I'm just like... So f- all of those people, let me tell you something about those people. Every single one of them is a liar. They're lying. Like, the Champions League is the trophy that City have never gotten. The FA Cup, we don't even play our starting keeper. So... 100%. You tell me which one is prioritized. Like, obviously, one is prioritized by the team and by the coaching staff. So, if you know somebody no, the- at some bar in fucking Deansgate wants to tell you that the FA Cup is more important, they're just lying. They're either lying or they're delusional. I've seen so many City fans say it, and I've seen um, I've seen. Uh, like city fan TV type pl- uh, personality say it. I'm just like, no, it's 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 because it's no. It's this is the thing, right? It's because it's against Manchester United. They're saying this, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. You don't want to lose against Manchester United, but the trade off is you're winning the Champions League final. I don't give a fuck what Manchester United say. If if a Manchester United fan, I've got so many Manchester United fans. I like to talk so much shit. If a Manchester United fan tries to tell me, oh, but we beat you on the FA Cup. I'll say I just won the double with a Premier League trophy and a Champions League trophy. I don't give a fuck if you won the FA Cup. It actually was blowing my mind seeing City fans saying they'd prefer to lose the Champions League final just so that it can win the FA Cup against Manchester United as if they're going to hold it over us. They're never going to hold it over us because you just won the Champions League final with a Premier League trophy. It does not make sense. I'm just like... Think of it logically. It does not make sense. I don't care if they hold it over. I don't care if they give you hell for that one week. All you got to do is smile and say, wait till the Champions League final. That's all you got to say. Who cares? gives a shit? It's an who, FA who Cup. Ca- it's an FA who Cup. Who cares? That's over fine. A Champions Whatever. League final. I, I, the, listen, I, that's I my, really that's my little, those people that's, are... 
Yeah, that's my little. Those people are just fringe people. They're fringe people. Like anybody with a working brain knows that the Champions League is the trophy to win, especially for this city team that's been chasing it for years. Like it's not like you know we're Leicester City and we're in that FA Cup final and like that's what you're playing for, or it's not like it's City of ten years ago where. You know you're probably not going to p- compete for the Champions League, but you can compete domestically. Like this is, this is different, and it's not like City. It's not like this is City having four Champions Leagues in their pocket already. Like this yeah, exactly. is the trophy that City has never gotten, we and have that to makes get it. it more important. We have, we have to get and, it. It's, it's it's time. Yeah, like we win the FA Cup like every other year. It seems like so. Who cares? It's just. The, it's just another FA Cup. To, to be fair, Whereas we haven't, the Champions we haven't, League. To be fair, we haven't won the FA Cup that much in the in the Mansour era. We've only won it twice. But I think I think what it is is it's a it's because it's against Manchester United. I, I get the point that it's against Manchester United and that it's a it's a derby and it's the local rival. And I get that. I understand fans from a local perspective having that feeling, but you still can't value it more over the Champions League. That, to me, to me, and it's maybe maybe harsh to say, but that's a small club mentality, and I, I don't want us to have that mentality because I get it. Manchester United were were that team to against us for so many years, but it's been ten years now where we finished over them in the Premier League every single year for ten years straight. They they're like, gonna become they're gonna become the smaller club than us. We need to be bigger than them and think bigger than them. So I don't yeah, know how like, think- I don't think about it. Go ask any. Before. Go ask any United fan if they would rather have an FA Cup or a Champions League. They would laugh at you. Even even like, if they lost against City, even if they lost against Liverpool, who they consider bigger rivals than City, if they were playing the FA Cup final against Liverpool and they had the Champions League final the week after, and you said you can only pick one, I guarantee you, every Man United fan would pick the Champions League final. Because they don't, they know. Even if Liverpool say it's like Liverpool saying to Man United fans, "Oh, we beat you seven 0 right?" And they hold that over them this season. It's like a trophy for them. But if Manchester United had beat them in a in an actual trophy final, they'll take that every day of the week. It's all that matters to them. That the trophy count at the end of the season is all that matters when it comes to result driven business. And that's what football is. It's a result driven business. So you, you get in, that in a result, Champions League trophy. Yeah, a Champions League trophy. That's another <sighs> level for the club to take. Yeah, and the and the big thing is for me is I know, and I've seen I've seen people saying like, oh, we'll, we'll one day win the Champions. It's always going to come. No, you don't know when it's going to come. Like I said, this is I was saying early in the pod. To me, this is the period that is unprecedented in City's history with Pep at the helm. When Pep goes, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. So, yeah, we need to take this chance to win the Champions League because if we don't, you don't know when you're going to win it. Right, and you don't know when some of these players are going to leave and who they're going to get replaced with, so you might not have the quality to win the Champions League later on. But and especially getting that first Champions League, and City fans will know this from 2012 when they won the when we won the Premier League, right? On on in the last like literally the last kick of the freaking season, right? It's tough to win that first trophy in so many years. Like they they had that we hadn't won the Premier League for 44 years prior to 2012. It is tough. You have to do it tough. And to win the first Champions League will always be so, so, so much tougher than the second one. So much tougher. 
I've had Chelsea yeah, fans a- tell me it's it's so tough winning that first one to get it over the line. But once you win that first one, the pressure's off. There's no pressure yeah. to win it. There's no pressure to win it anymore because you're not the first. So, guys, it's been done before. There's not this immense pressure on the club to win it. And that's why it's been so difficult for us in, in the Champions League. We've had moments of just utter chaos against Tottenham, against Liverpool, against you know Leon and Madrid last year. We've had chaos moments in the Champions League and it's because we're not there yet. So for us to finally get there is so important for the club and for the future of the club. <clears throat> Don't we shouldn't take these years for granted. That's all I'm saying. And it was very frustrating I, for me I to agree. see so many city. It was so frustrating for me to see so many city fans say that. I was like, I get it from a from a local perspective, and I get all that. But at the same time, it's like, mate, you got to look at the actual, the level of the trophy. It's like saying, would you rather win the Premier League or the FA Cup? Yeah, that's, I just that's the that's the levels in indifference to me, right? Honestly, I am glad I didn't see anybody say that because I would have spent a lot of time on Twitter arguing with people about it. <laughs> because yeah. I just there, yeah, there was a vi- just there was a vi- yeah there was a video going around. Um, I think it was at the Madrid, so it was the away fans at the Bernabeu, and a lot of them were saying they probably obviously cut out the ones that didn't say like obviously because they're trying to push a narrative in that video um but they only showed the city fans that did say that that they'd rather win the they'd rather beat man united in the fa cup final if they made it to the champions league final they'd rather lose the champions league final than win the (laughs) fa cup and i've seen other a few other city people like on like city fan tvs and stuff like actually that run their own channels etc say they'd rather win the fa cup i'm just like yeah don't don't be like that i get the pain that man united have caused fans over the years but still doesn't make sense. No, it does not no. make sense. Oh, I would rather United. If if you told me United beat you five nil and that guarantees you a Champions League, I would do it any day of the week. <laughs> let me let him tonk us ten nil. I don't care as long as we get the Champions. Yeah, League. I don't care. It's not gonna. It's not All gonna right. affect me. And even any banter they give me is not gonna affect me either. Because I'll just say, you see the Champions League trophy right there. We got that in the same year. Don't give a shit. Take your league cup, take your FA Cup, and stick it with the sun. Don't shine. Let's end the pot on that. <laughs> yeah, you you think we're you think we're going to sign players like Erling Holland, promising them FA Cups? Yeah, we're exactly. promising them to go for FA Cups. Come on, we play our backup keeper. Exactly. I don't want to hear exactly. it. Just actually one final point. Um, top four race getting interesting. You think Liverpool's gonna get in? No, I just think it's too late. I, I think they they've decided to kick on too late because you know Liverpool has this in them. They've won seven runs. games, like, seven games on the bounce. It's it's too late. Like it's too little, too late for them. They should have if they wanted to do this a little earlier, maybe. But I think it's too late. Yeah, you, you, United and Newcastle have three games left each, so they need both teams to. Well, they need one of the teams to draw one and lose one for them to get in. And Liverpool not drop any more points. That's uh, the other thing. Liverpool have two gimmies for the last season, so they won't drop. I think they'll win. They'll they'll get nine wins on the bounce, which is a good segue to say Liverpool will be back next season. They'll they'll be they'll be title contenders next season against us. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, Jurgen Klopp's a very good coach. They should. Uh, Get some fresh faces in there back in the midfield. I don't really have a 
Like they're they're too well coached not to. And yeah, that, they'll they'll be back. But I I don't see them coming back in. But it would be great for them to knock United out of the top four. I would love that. Yeah, look, I I kind of don't want them in there. I've, I've like gone back and forth with myself. Do I want Liverpool or United in the top four? Um, I think from a competitive title race point of view in future, I'd want Liverpool out. But I can't lie. If, if United um, get kicked out of top four um, with the narrative building up on this entire season with them having a quadruple, <laughs> potentially quadruple winners and potential Eric Ten Hag is like this amazing manager who's you know, changed the fortunes of Manchester United and they've basically got the same point tally as they did with Ole. Um, that would be fantastic. From from a from a, I basically can't lose unless United uh, Newcastle are the one that get kicked out and United and Liverpool finish top four. I think that'll be the, the worst case scenario. So I'm hoping one of them doesn't make. It. I'm hoping Liverpool's the one that doesn't that doesn't miss out because I think they're just with Champions League football they can attract better 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 players. With Champions League football they can afford better players. That's the other important thing. I think. Them missing out on eighty million to potentially one hundred twenty million in revenue is absolutely huge. It's huge. So, and I'd rather them be playing Europa League because playing Friday night or Thursday night games, sorry, um, and then having to play in the weekend uh, at a later slot is always worse for teams. I think. Yeah, and that's the thing is they would need either one of United or Newcastle to drop two of the last three in order for them to get in. And I just don't see that happening. That's, yeah. And that's basically because they're, they're both one point ahead of Liverpool with a game in hand. Yeah. So they would yeah. both need to drop points in two games. Yeah. Newcastle does have the tougher um, of, of, of. Oh yeah. New, Newcastle has Brighton. Yeah. They've got a very tough schedule to finish the season. It is at home, but they've also got Chelsea away in the last game of the season. Um, so, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting end of the season. Um, but on that note, uh, we'll be back on back on to discuss the Madrid game, um, after the Madrid game. It might be a direct reactionary. It might be the day after. Um, but we will be back uh, to discuss the Madrid game. Um, I think it's going to be a huge, huge game. So... Fingers crossed, and yeah. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Bye.